Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Everybody. Welcome, welcome to Direct Message with A Creative DC. We are live on Full Service Radio, broadcasting from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan in Washington, DC. You can listen in every single week on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. to catch us live and anytime at fullserviceradio.org. This weekly podcast is a dedicated dive into the A Creative DC hashtag feed, and this is time spent with the people and the projects who populate this city digitally and IRL. I'm your host, Morgan West. I am founder and director of the A Creative DC Project. You've seen us on IG and Twitter, at A Creative DC, and that hashtag feed we're diving into is uh, one million pieces of content strong. It's, you know, all across social, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're, de- we're de-escalating here. We're declining quickly today. Um, but the hashtag feed is filled with events and visuals and art and design. And most importantly, the Creative DC hashtag feed is filled with perspective on this city. We promote creative community and we promote creative economy. And we work to shift perception of what that looks like in Washington, DC. So we are here in the studio today with Amy Lokoff. Amy, hello. <laughs> she shares a lot of the same mission and goal that a creative DC does. She is a self-described creative economy catalyst, which I love. I think that is such an apt title. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's very, it's good. It's powerful. Like it, it means something. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, oftentimes uh, creative people are not just, they're not just a visual artist. They're not just a musician. They're interacting with all parts of the creative world and, are involved in projects that are beyond just like their specific medium. So to just call myself a curator just felt super limiting. Yeah, I love that. And what I love about Creative Economy Catalyst also is I, I love that it just in terms of like affecting change, right? So you're going in through your projects, like things are, you're making things happen. I think I'm so excited to dive into that today. Um, most recently, talking about curation, um, Amy is curator of Not Too High, Not Too Low, which is a group show featuring work by comic and zine artists. Uh, and they are all showing work that is purposely kind of outside of their realm. So this show is up now at Pyramid Atlantic Art Center. We're going to learn all about it. We're going to get all the 411 on this weekend's programming because you have a panel discussion coming up this yeah, weekend. Yeah, on Saturday. Yes. Save the date, y'all. Please save the date, guys. Um, and we're going to hear all about the artists involved. And then also, and this is where I think we should start, I, I want to hear about your work and kind of how you guys started doing this work and you know how you built this community around you. Are you you know kind of able to tap artists and bring, bring people together and start catalyzing? Yeah, that sounds like all my favorite things to talk about. Like, let's let's do this thing. Let's do it. So what brought you to D.C.? Because you're originally from Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so I'm originally from Philly. I moved to D.C. in 2008 um, to go to American University um, and studied art there, studied education as well. Um, and kind of what like brought me onto the trajectory that I am on now is, first of all, I never intended to stay in D.C., 
but I think what's kept me here as long as I've been here, it's, it's going to be 10 years in wow. August, which feels like a, a significant chunk of time. Yes, happy anniversary. Thanks. <laughs> I'll have to like do something extra DC <laughs> to celebrate. Um, I think what's like kept me here is that initially I didn't know where the creative community was in DC. Like all the four years, the first four years that I lived here, I really felt very disconnected. I think I helped, I got involved with helping one artist, one pro, uh, professor at American with like um, in his studio on a piece that he was doing for Transformer Gallery. But kind of other than that, like over four years, I can pretty much say that I was like pretty separate from everything. And then um, I started interning with Provisions Library in the beginning of 2013. I don't know about Provisions Library. Oh, my tell God. Me. Tell me Morgan. all the things. <laughs> we need to talk more often. We should. Um, so uh, Provisions Library is a small arts nonprofit that was started by Don Russell. I don't know the year, so I'm not going to make something up. Um, but it's been around for a long time, and it's had locations in a few different spots around the city. Actually, it used to be, when I was interning there, we were working around the corner from where we are right now in Adams Morgan, above the bike shop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. M- Mika uh, Greenberg's, like, used to live up there. And yes, so we were uh, using that as, like, our work, or, like, sort of temporary workspace. Um, but now he is, uh, it's... It's based in um, George Mason University. Um, So they have like the physical library and then um, Don Russell is the university curator there as well. Wow. So guys, if you're also just finding out about this and I I hope you're not, I hope I'm the only one. (laughs) No, I think it's like kind of like a DC secret, honestly. It's very, I'm looking at the website right now. It's provisionslibrary.com. So Amy, thanks for getting us hip to this. Everyone, please check this out. Art for social change in Washington, DC and beyond. Bookmarked for later, but please continue. Um, so yeah. this was your in to kind of the DC right. creative community. So, I mean, like I basically, I, uh, student taught at Duke Ellington the fall before that. And that was a little helpful. I, I met a few really, um, great artists that way. Uh, I like, um, Stan Squirewell, who now is in New York. Um, and, uh, obviously Will Eastman or Will, uh, Mr. What is his name? Anyway, I'm not going to try to butcher people's names. And I um, and I worked directly with Jacqueline Maji, um, who's also an artist in the D.C. area. I mean, she makes really cool sculptural stuff. Anyway, so I met a few people that way and definitely learned, got a little more immersed that way. And then um, in January of 2013, started inter- interning with Provisions Library. And, and then I just was like submerged. Yeah. Um, because Don had been already working in... DC for I think since like the 80s um, in various capacities Um, and then also with um, Stephanie Sherman who also has since left DC Um, she was the I don't know what her position was at the time but she'd been brought in by Don Um, she had initially started elsewhere residency yeah. program so in she's Greensboro common field now yeah yeah and a common field and like a work. bunch of other things she's on some like radio station wow. also she's I want to be her when I grow up. Like, I, like it, you do. can put it on the record. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, this really sounds like you had some amazing, um, for lack of a better word, like Sherpas, right? To kind of like get you, I guess, ingratiated or introduced to kind of the DC art scene. So you kind of found yourself in with some people who had roots here. 
Yeah. Yeah. So through Duke Ellington School of the Arts and Provisions Library. And so by, is this now 20, 2013, 2014? Yeah. So this is like early 2013. And then that summer I started, after interning with them, I started working at the Anacostia Arts Center part-time because I, I went with Don actually to interview someone who was working there at the time um, for the, one of their uh, like residency programs that they were having. Um, and... I went down there. It was right after the art center had just opened. It was Mm -hmm. like mostly bare bones at that point. And I was just like, what is this space? And how can I be here all the time? Um, Because, you know, going to American University as somebody who's not from D.C., one of the earliest things I remember being told is, um, oh, you know, these are the music venues. This is the cool parts of town to check out. Don't go to Anacostia. And so... I always found that weird, but I never really like followed up on it very much. Um, And so when I was there, I was like, Anacostia is dope. Why have I not been here like all the time? Because it's this like really cool, small, close knit community that feels really different from the rest of D.C. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm still here. Like straight up, just like that one trip of seeing Anacostia was like, oh, I want to be part of a community and this is a community that I feel like, I don't know, would is worth my time. Like, <laughs> whereas parts, other parts of D.C. at that point, I didn't know where the community was. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's just so interestingly put because it is, I mean, you do, unfortunately, I mean, you still hear that. You know, there's, it's, it, as rapidly as D.C. is growing and changing and, you know, I think they're, the Anacostia Art Center is, it serves this really, I think, interesting role for a lot of people in terms of like it's kind of like an entree into Anacostia or into just Southeast in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, and that's also like the thing that I think could be disappointing too is some people are very happy to just go to the art center and then right. get right back in their Uber lift and go back across the river and never really explore other parts of Southeast. But I mean, at least it got them there. Um, I think eventually the goal is to just change people's mindsets about that whole part of the city. I think like people just so often I hear people, you know, especially like people, even people like that I went to school with that are still in the area who are say that they're tired of DC or they feel like they've, they know everything that there is to know about DC. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's have it, just no way. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, a it's changing so much. So, do you know all the new things? But also, what about all the old things? Like, do you have you ever been to Deanwood? Like, have you seen their like really amazing rec center that they have? Like, have you um, like walked by the big chair? Have you explored Congress Heights and like some of the amazing things that are going on there? Like the Arts and Cultural Center in Congress Heights mm-hmm. is like super amazing and interesting. It's in this beautiful old building. I don't think I've rarely talked to somebody that is from Northwest and or white and has gone there yeah so so this is so let's circle back a little bit so i I actually i love no i love that because it it is for you you went over there and immediately kind of felt this like sense of community that had been i guess lacking for you Mm -hmm. up until that point and so you just knew you had to be involved with this space and this community and so what did that look like you were there for years several years four and a half years it was a long time yeah it is (laughs) um 
so wait hold on say the what is the question again i, th- I don't know if there was a question okay i, think I was just, I, <laughs> just like, like let's just like go back and forth we're doing it we're going we're going through time yeah um so you found yourself at anacostia art center and you know so that was kind of like the next step for you right like career-wise or kind of in your path through dc so like what kind of work were you doing there um well so initially when i started working there i was doing half of my time at the art center and the other half of my time actually coincidentally um i was working at for dc public library and had been placed at a library like right up the road from there um so not anacostia but it's uh, francis gregory library mm-hmm. which also y'all if you have not been it is a gorgeous building yeah i mean it's all glass on the outside and it's like huge and spacious and anyway so just by sheer coincidence i got a job at the library and then was placed deep in southeast um so i went from spending no time in southeast (laughs) to spending 50 plus hours a week there wow um so it was like a a very quick uh, learning curve that I had to sort of go through full immersion. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, and also just to go from being around, um, you know, people that were like young and mostly white and middle or upper middle class, um, to being around native Washingtonians of all ages, um, was really different and so powerful. And like, just like really I mean put a lot of like my privilege and my sort of understanding of DC in check um so it was uh yeah I mean I think like my I think I've always been more like social justice or like minded um but I think that that sort of like really like articulated my trajectory after um by by having that by being around um just like a different group of people than who I had been Um, and especially just like knowing I I feel like I very much fall into this the demographic of the of gentrified DC Um, and so I feel like I have to use that power to like bring in more knowledge to all the other people that I'm exposed to Um, it's sort of like confusingly worded but you know like like yeah like no to share like my knowledge and awareness of like what native Washingtonians are talking about um, with the gentrifiers. Because like, I don't think gentrification needs to be bad. I don't think gentrifiers need to be a bad thing. Um, but I think that uh, like the, the lack of knowledge and understanding and curiosity about where you are and where, like where, what context you fit into um, is like, uh, it, it, that's what makes it bad. Or that's what like leads down these sort of like ugly stereotypes that were well I think it also it's it's so interesting too to so you're kind of privy you become part of this community that is you know uh, for whatever reason people have kind of like blocked themselves off from essentially if we're talking about young white new Washingtonians Mm -hmm. so you come from Philadelphia and you are um I love how you put it just kind of like full-on immersion (laughs) you're hanging out with like people who are from in by of dc mm-hmm. all day and this is what kind of clinched it for you you're like this i'm staying in this city yeah i think like just knowing what dc native washingtonians were up against um and like the fact that you know i think that if you've lived here your whole life you kind of feel like people leave all the time like that no one's really that no one really cares and 
you know, the new people are just here to just take from you. Um, and I didn't want to be part of that narrative. Um, I wanted to be part of like bridging that gap a little bit in, in a small way. And I think that's definitely affected sort of my like internal mission statement moving forward. I was going to say, so let's kind of apply that to creative economy catalyst. So kind of how is this, um, so you're, you're no longer at Anacostia art center. Yeah. So I, um, quit there in December to sort of, I just start pursuing some of these other opportunities that were both coming to me and also that I was starting to reach out for, um, it just felt like the, yeah, like I said, four and a half years was a long time. Yeah, and, um, it is. Yeah, and I was just starting to feel like um, I had learned. I learned so much by being there, um, and I feel like it's completely shaped who I am now. Um, and now I kind of am like ready to sort of start channeling that out into the world and see where it takes me. Yeah, it was time. Yeah, it was time to make a move. So you made the move, and this is so. Let's cut. Let's talk about this. Is also so interesting too because let's talk about Pyramid Atlantic, right? So this is your first curatorial solo curatorial effort is that accurate yep yep completely accurate (laughs) (laughs) so how did um I guess let's start with so you you know you left Anacostia Art Center in December and did it kind of like open up brain space for this show to come about or did was this kind of had been in the works for a while so this show had already been in the works since like last summer um like I actually uh trace it back to like I think the first the very first conversation I had about this show was last May um, with Andrew Cohen, wow. um, because I had met him um, at Union Drinkery about a year ago. Like it was like March or around March, I think, of last year. Because um, he's done a bunch of the artwork in there, um, and he's also shown work at the uh, sister bar A and D down on Ninth Street. And so I'd seen some of his work before, and then I, you know, was Union Drinkery is like up the street for me. Um, and so like through mutual friends met him and he mentioned that he was just feeling like he wanted to show more art. And I was like, oh, well, like I've worked in galleries for a long time. Like maybe I can send you at least like a couple websites or links or like if I see proposals, I can send them your way. Um, and, uh. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I think I couldn't find his email address after we had that conversation. So I sent him like a DM on Instagram, which felt really sketchy at the time. But I was just like, whatever. Like, I know at some point he'll see this. So it wasn't until like maybe six weeks later that he actually <laughs> saw the message. That's um, the issue with this, this right. communication. Yeah. Well, it's like you don't know. Everyone has their own preferred form of communication. You never know right. which one it is. Like, unless they explicitly <laughs> tell you, like, I only use Instagram. Instagram or like I only or like I just saw somebody put on like on somebody's Instagram earlier today that they were like no DMs (laughs) like (laughs) like, do not send me I check my email like okay sorry Uh, yeah funny story this show is called direct message because that makes a lot of sense right but I am like adamantly against (laughs) kind of like checking them because I'm just like let's try to let's try to let's try to business this right like let's professionalize yeah and I but then if you don't have the email you must turn. One must turn to the other, right, to the other exactly. messaging services. And so that's what I did. And like, yeah, I'm definitely not a big uh, DM person. <laughs> like, I definitely don't slide into anyone's DMs ever. Um, Except but, for this instance. In yeah. Which, yes, in which, <laughs> so I did. And um, yeah, like six weeks later or something like that, he replied and was like, oh, shoot, sorry. Um, and long story short, we got a beer and we just sort of talked more about that um, idea about... Um, how this was sort of a prevalent 
issue within the larger uh, comic book cartoonist community of like, I feel like, you know, you see people who make this type of work at the Small Press Expo in Bethesda or Rockville, um, or you see them at Awesome Con, but do you see them in galleries? Like they're still very mm. much artists using the same processes, um, many oftentimes with a lot of the same training even, but still are not respected in the same way. Like you can only table at conventions, but you can't have your work like spotlighted right. in a gallery wall. Um, and so I sort of threw by him this idea of like having a show focused with around this idea. And he was like, yeah, like let me know what I can do to help make it happen. Um, and so he sent me a few artist names. And so kind of be- through that and my own research and just like, going to Phantom Comics and DuPont Circle yeah. <laughs> like, um, and going to the Small Press Expo, um, which everyone, if you haven't been, it's like a big, giant comic book party. I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like slowly started putting the show together. Like, I guess it was like late summer, early through like through about December. I was, you know, just emailing people and yeah. asking if who wanted to be involved or who could be involved. Um, and yeah, we came up with the six people that we have, which I'm super, super excited about because they represent like a really diverse um, swath. That's a bad word. But no, I, you know. I love the word swath. She's also, you guys, she's doing this great like arm motion to like <laughs> to show you how wide the swath is. Right. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I speak so much in like hand gestures that that's the one downside of radio. Yeah. Radio. Radio's hard, man. Um Okay, well, I love that. And I think, so if you guys are just joining us, we're in studio today with Amy Lokoff. She is a creative economy catalyst. She's a curator. She is originally from Philadelphia, um, but kind of moved to D.C., spent about four years kind of finding, you know, the creative community that she connected to and connected with. Um, And she found that in Anacostia. So after a few years in Southeast, um, you know, kind of working between the, the art center and a library there, she kind of found herself ready to ready to start kind of working on personal projects, I guess is like the best way to put it, right? So it was just, it was time for you to kind of go out and, and start your own yeah. swath. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think also like just, um, so one of the initiatives that um, the nonprofit that runs Anacostia Art Center is called uh, DC Artists East. Um, again, everyone check it out if you haven't already. Um, So it's a directory, an online directory of artists that make work in Ward 7 and Ward 8. Mm -hmm. And so um, having been part of like creating that directory and seeking out artists to join it, um, I'm realizing or was realizing also that um, those artists don't just need exposure in Southeast. They need it in Northwest and they need it in just galleries in general and they need people talking about their names or like Mm. saying their names Mm -hmm. saying like showing people you know what they're doing um and so and I have this knowledge base like I have um you know I definitely only know a little bit I'm sure that there's plenty of people that know a lot more than I do about the artists that are in Southeast, but I can be one voice. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I love what you said earlier about 
about you know you kind of constantly and i constantly hear this too it's just like oh dc is so small and like i i know everything that's going on aboard it's like well you don't and (laughs) (laughs) you certainly don't and there's always more to discover whether it's you know the kind of global nature of the city where people are constantly moving here or there is just this really really i'm gonna i'm gonna keep harping on this swath thing but there's just like a (laughs) wide swath of of dc that has been here has always been here and will always be here so there's you're never short on things to learn, I think, in the yeah. city. And that's an interesting perspective to have just with artists in, in general. And I think I think with the show, I mean, not only, you know, it's just kind of, I feel like you've kind of taken on the mantle of like you're going to lend your voice to underrepresented artists, whether that's because they're underrepresented because of where they live or where they're from or because they're not traditionally shown in a gallery setting. Yeah, right. And so this show kind of was like a culmination of those things. I... Um, and honestly, I actually set out just thinking about representing comic book artists. But then as I was approaching artists, I was increasingly finding that the people that I was most excited about showing were like all but white men. Okay, I have there are two white men in the show, Andrew Cohen being one of them, but um, vital you know, to the whole conversation. Right. You know, but uh, luckily, like both he and um, the other guy, Eric Gordon, have been hugely helpful in terms of like directing me to artists that I would have never otherwise known. In fact, um, Tony Lane, who is in the show, um, who is like an incredible zine artist. She has been making zines for over 20 years, did not know they were called zines, did not know that there was a community of people making this type of work, but was just silently on her own, just like chugging away cranking out out all this amazing art um and then um she started getting involved with um art enables Mm -hmm. um which is where uh eric works and now she works as well um and art enables is down rhode island avenue yeah northeast um and it's amazing uh community art space um they're like open to the public i think monday through friday um as like um, they they focus on um, creating art space like an art space for um, adults with learning differences. However, I, they're also just open. Like I went there one day, like before the show opened, and just like worked on my computer for a few hours. Like was talking with some of the other artists that were there. It was very cool, like resource space yeah. to know about. So, guys, if you're not familiar with them, they are art enables dot org. I feel like you're giving us a great little tour through. DC. Yeah. <laughs> Thank right. you I'm, I'm all across the board. <laughs> um, so again, if you're just joining us, uh, we've been chatting with Amy Lokoff. She is a creative economy catalyst and she's also the curator of Not Too High, Not Too Low, which we've been discussing. Uh, it's up now at Pyramid, <laughs> Pyramid Atlantic Arts Center. Pyramid Atlantic. I always get so lost in that. There's so many words. There, There's a lot of them. Um, but that's also an incredible space. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that um, when we come back after the break. You've been listening to Direct Message with the Creative DC. I'm Morgan West, and we will be right back. Original music by local producer named Franklin. We will be right back on Direct Message. Keep it locked.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Direct Message with the Creative DC. I'm your host, Morgan West, and we are in the studio today at Full Service Radio with Amy Lokoff. She is a creative economy catalyst. She is a curator. Um, her current show up now um, features a, a whole group, a whole slew. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we've moved on we've from moved Swath. On from Swath. <laughs> <laughs> a whole slew of artists um, who are showing work in a, in non-traditional to their medium kind of ways. It's a bunch of, it's comic book artists and zine artists. Um, and she put that together starting last May. It sounds like the seeds for this were kind of planted. So it's been, yeah. it's been like a full year now that this show has been in the work. So let us have it. Like who is in it? Give us all, give us all of the like baseline stuff. Yeah. Give us the flyer. Oh man. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. Cause they're all just like so amazing. Such, such amazing artists. Um, so I think I already mentioned a couple people. So I'll, uh, just like give them their moment again. Yeah. Let's do the um, whole rundown. So there's, um, Andrew Cohen, who is the editor of Magic Bullet, um, which is a comic newspaper in D.C., which everyone should also check out. I'm just going to keep plugging it for everyone's things. Please. Um, but it's a free comics newspaper that comes out, I believe, twice a year. Um, there was an issue that just came out, I think, in February, and they usually have it out at, like, bookstores and stuff like that, comic book shops. Um, it's, like, a free thing you can grab. Um so yeah, so that's how he knows like so many artists, wow. so many people. He is like an encyclopedia of just so many different cool things. Yeah, I'm uh, at magicbulletcomics.blogspot.com. I don't know if that's the current website, but it, yeah, as of... Their, their web presence has a little bit to be It's desired. okay. They deal IRL. They're <laughs> yeah. getting comics out for the people to pick up for free. Uh, but like as of August 2017, they've had 15 issues. Yeah. And which I'm, is a lot. I know that they, oh, let's see if I can pull this up really quickly, but I know that they were like asking for people to vote for them for some award because um, there are two issues that came out last year. I mean, the covers were amazing. Um, yeah, I feel like they're maybe more on like Facebook right now than they are on cool. like websites. So everyone look them up. We insist. Yeah. Magic bullet. Um, or just go get one. Like, go get one. Straight up, go to your local bookstore. Keep it IRL. Yeah. Um, and and if your local bookstore does not have one, then demand it. <laughs> because I know that yes. they definitely always have extra copies laying around um, that they could, like, do a delivery there. Um, Love they that. just need to know where to take them. Demand what you need. Yeah. All right. So we've got Andrew Cohen. Who else is in here? Um, so I mentioned uh, Eric uh, Gordon who is uh has been also hugely instrumental in terms of like coordinating the show he made we have an exhibition zine um with the show which i'm super proud of and excited about so all the artists contributed um like a one page it could be i gave them sort of very little guidance (laughs) because i figured they're artists they can come up with their own (laughs) things but um in terms of like uh, I we initially talked about it as being a replacement for the traditional gallery like paperwork that is hand, mm-hmm. that's handed out like with like a bio and um, like an artist statement. Um, we ended up also doing artist bios um, because I thought that that was important for their exposure. But um, yeah, so everyone did one or two pages, and um, Eric was amazing. Went to Pyramid Atlantic, used their equipment there, ah, yes. and um, screen printed the covers, and we made you know, got really fun, colorful paper. And so now there's like a short 12 page zine. 
Um, that's sort of something that you can buy for $10 in the Pyramid Atlantic shop. Very cool. Um, that sort of like has some a little piece of all the artists or a little little piece of work. Um, so I think that's really cool. So he was, yeah, he was really helpful because I personally have never made a zine before. Um, I studied art. I make art sometimes, um, but definitely was more of an appreciator of yeah. comics and zines. I love that. More so than a maker of one. So, so he helped me make that happen. It's a new medium for you as well. Yeah. Um, All right. So we've got Andrew and Eric. Um, so now I guess I'll say Tony because I already mentioned her as well, um, who... I would describe as more of like a zinester, if I, uh, if, if you will. Um, <laughs> so like uh, she primarily makes zines of all sorts and she has several like characters that she uses that um, have been, she's been using for a long time. My favorite is Lucy the Vegetarian Zombie. <laughs> I love Lucy. Lucy is such a badass too. Like some a lot of pages in her zine, she's just like walking around in like what looks to be like a hospital like gown, but like her like wrinkly butt is hanging out the back and she's like carrying carrots around. So she's like, it, it's, she's hilarious. That's um, amazing. So, uh, Tony has like a really fun sense of humor. So that's Tony Lane and her website is ethnictripculturalart.com. Yes, Great. that's her. And she's also on um, Facebook under that name as well um and on instagram yeah she's on all the things she's everywhere yeah um and i know she's working on a book right now too so that's really exciting that's amazing um and then so that's three people down okay um <laughs> uh, i guess next i could talk about uh anna selheim um so anna is originally from the dc area but currently lives in rehoboth beach um, so she was the only person that, like, doesn't live in, like, the immediate DMV. But um, I found out about her through a lot of, like, D.C.-related. Mm. Um, she was one of the people that was in, like, the local section at um, Phantom Comics in DuPont. They have, like, one shelf or two shelves that's all local work. Um, and there was so much good stuff. Oh, my goodness. There was so much. Like, I just wrote down, like, probably 10 different names um, of, like, different people that I was, like, really excited about. Um, and I was particularly excited about Anna's work because it deals, uh, a lot of her work deals with, like, her sort of day-to-day life. Um, and that includes things like, you know, just, like, her moment-to-moment, like, anxieties. She has a lot of... Um, comics that were like there's one about going to Planned Parenthood or talking to her mom about it um a lot of things like showing her like in therapy like in her therapy sessions um and I think that's really real and really like I really strongly related to that stuff um and it's not something that you see often in tv or movies um represented without being sort of the butt of a joke um like, I think you can still find humor in that, but I don't want the joke to be that you're in therapy. Like, I want the joke to be about, like, a funny exchange that happens while you're there. Right. I, yeah, I'm loving this. So, Anna, A-N-N-A, Selheim, S-E-L-L-H-E-I-M.com. You can check out her work there. Yeah. I love that. So, you cold called her. Yeah, I just straight up sent her an email and was like, <laughs> hey, love your work. Want to be in this show? I know you don't know me, but... <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah. No, and... Um, and the two two other artists, is that... Yeah, so there's two more. Um, right, yeah, let's, like, get through them, I guess. It. Uh, so, um, Lenora Yerkes. I think that's how you say her last name. I hope I didn't butcher it. 
um, Lenora um, also sort of similarly, like her work is um, really like really illustrative, but also manages to like sort of deal like it's it's got this like whimsical wistful wistful i think it's a better word wistful sort of quality to it where like it's really contemplative it's really quiet um and like she leaves a lot of like she'll leave a lot of negative space on the page Mm. or a lot of like um she has oftentimes has text in her zines and pieces but like it's very simple yeah and so it's like leaves a lot up to interpretation i'm a big fan of hers i also actually amy and i were talking about this prior to going on air but i was like so i've, I've known you for several years now but i've never said your last name out loud so <laughs> so how do i do that so lenora we apologize if we're if we're butchering you but uh lenora yurks or yurk is maybe um we love you <laughs> l-e-n-o-r-a-y-e-r-k-e-s you can follow along with her on instagram um, at that handle and yeah her stuff is so beautiful I love what you said about negative space and I just feel like there's such a beautiful like watercolor like it's just gorgeous yeah and her piece that she did for the show is like an epic I mean she compared it to I can't remember the there's like a famous um, quilt like epic piece that's like huge um, and I'm, I can't think of the name of it now anyway but uh, so she did this giant four panel piece um, that's this sort of very sort of cyclical um, storytelling about uh, that's part of sort of a series or um, a book that she's been working on about the San Fernando uh, Valley and um, her childhood there and growing up. And um, I don't know. I love that it's not like one of the things that I directives that I gave to the artist was to reconsider if not the size or the medium or you could also consider like the narrative structure and how Mm. do you play with that um and she did the thing oh my goodness it's i love that yeah so a big four panel piece gorgeous Um, and so and then the last artist too really took the kind of you know stretching the medium situation yeah i would love to hear about jess's piece yeah so jessica aguero um, is the, the last artist that I should mention and t- certainly last but not least. Um, she, I'm just like, she was just like the most pleasant of surprises. Um, <laughs> she was also somebody that I didn't know, but we had um, a mutual friend, um, DJ Cryptic or uh, Valen Shackelford, and uh, who's also amazing in her own right. Um, so... Fallon had posted about a DJ series she was doing last spring at um, Uniontown uh, Bar and Grill, which is like down the street from the art center. And it was this really cool, simple, like four panel comic. And I was like, that's such a clever way. This was like before the show had mm. even like come into my brain. Um, and I just thought that was like such a cool, clever way to advertise something. And then when I was putting together a show, I remembered it and was like, that really was cool. And I liked the style of the work. And so I like, you know, scrolled through a few different Instagram accounts until I could find this comic. Um, and uh, just, again, just reached out to Jess and was like, I saw that you did this. I liked your style. Can we talk? And uh, yeah, so it turns out, you know, I had seen her website, but I didn't realize that actually her background, even though she does a lot of illustrative and comic comics um and like cartooning um in school she had done a lot of installation work already Mm, mm -hmm. and she hadn't really 
been involved with the art scene in several years. And so she had kind of like, I think had some bad experiences and was feeling a little bit, it just taken some time off. Um, and so she was still making a lot of work, but not, I think, for on public view. And so this was sort of like her first step back, like dipping her toe back into yeah. making work. And so she made this incredible, huge, uh, it goes up like eight feet, uh, installation piece of um, different illustrative elements. So there's like hands and diamonds and Ugh. different cool shapes that go up the wall. And it's meant to sort of, like be viewed in these two different ways of like one it could just be seen as a selfie station and many people appreciate it on that level yeah. and that's great like that means that somebody is interacting with art and yes. I'm super supportive of whatever that. gets them in <laughs> um but also uh the piece is called maker and it's sort of an homage to all of the artistic and creative people in her life um because and and she actually has like a little comic about this in the zine the exhibition zine that i mentioned earlier um, about how, as a creative person, um, you tend to be extra hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. You have a higher bar for what you expect of yourself and what you think you're, what you know your abilities to be. And sometimes there's this sort of disconnect where you're so focused on like making the best work that you can that you don't um, really appreciate what you're giving back to the world. Like what, what, like how you're you're creating, you're actively creating culture by making things. Um, and so she wanted it to be this space where creatives could just feel empowered and special and beautiful. Mm. Um, so they can sort of stand with this like beautiful, colorful shapes around them and like feel almost like a god or goddess. Um, and I think it's like really powerful of like, yeah, acknowledging the sort of the labor that creatives take on. Wow. Oh, I'm such a fan of her work as well. Um, you guys, if you want to get a peek at this ahead of Saturday, which is when you should attend the panel discussion that's yeah. happening. Um, but you can check out Jess's work at J-E-S-S underscore A-G-U-E-R-O on Instagram. Um, you can get a really, really great shot of that installation. It's, it is truly beautiful. Um, I'm also loving the like sketches and then the IRL, how it turned out in real life. So, so great. I mean, what an amazing lineup. So, we're kind of heading towards the end of our time, our time bubble, yeah. our time swath. <laughs> but if you guys are just joining us, we're here with Amy Lokoff. Um, she's curated this amazing show, Not Too High, Not Too Low, um, in collaboration with, and that includes um, a, a really incredible lineup of artists. So there is an event this Saturday that I want to make sure everyone has all the information for. So give us the rundown. Okay, yeah, this Saturday um, at 2, or 2 to 4 p.m., um, all of the artists will be in the house. Uh, I've decided to sort of have the panel just focus on the four women that are in the show, just because six people on a panel is a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, again, sort of going back to what I was mentioning earlier, that it's most important for me to give sort of time and space to underrepresented communities. And um, I think that the four women in the show, like, I really want them to, to feel like spotlighted. Um, and so, uh, the four of the, them will be joining me. Um, it'll be sort of like a round table. So I really encourage people to bring their own questions about either their individual work or like, how do you make a comic book or a mm. zine? Um, like everything I'm, uh, super open to allowing the conversation to flow. Um, and it's upstairs in pyramid Atlantic's gallery space, which is where the show is. 
Um, so just make sure when you come in, go up the steps. That's great. So 2 p.m. this Saturday. I love that. It'll be conversation-based. So please go learn more about these artists, about about their work, about how they do what they do. If, you, if you've ever wondered how to make a zine, please, please go ask these women how to do it. <laughs> um, and before we head off, I, you know, I, I said this to Amy during the break, but I, you know, one of my favorite th- one of the best ways that an episode of direct message can go is if, is if we all, me and you and all of us have like a ton of things to like Google and a, a kind of dive into <laughs> at the end of the show. And I yeah. definitely thank you for, for making this one of those episodes. It's yeah. good. Happy to, happy to share. Like yeah. these are all of my, my favorite things to talk about. That's so so great. happy to share the wealth. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to share the wealth one more time before, before we, we wrap things up. Yeah. So just give us a little bit of information about pyramid Atlantic itself, because it is, I mean, is it is it dumb if I call it like, it's, like it is an institution? I mean, it's been around for a very it's, long time. Yeah, no, that's not dumb at in all. In a new that's, location. I think it's like, it's again, like another like kind of hidden secret where I feel like it's, so it's this amazing art, like artist space, but it's really, it's open to everyone. And I like everyone can have, has something that they can benefit from being in that space because there are both, there are art, artist studios there's um a ton of like printing equipment so everything from like paper making letterpress screen printing um i mean et cetera et cetera et cetera there's so many different types of like art artists or art processes processes um that you can learn about and partake in um they have classes workshops um in, in addition to the gallery space and then there's also an amazing which is my favorite thing is the uh the gift shop area i guess because it makes it sound lame but it's like this really cool shop of a lot of um the artists who have memberships there or studios can sell things in the shop um and so there's just like a bunch of really cool special finds of like really affordable art and then also things like pins and tea towels and um like small prints and um Mm -hmm. things that are made on their letterpress like calendars and stuff too so Go. Everyone go buy. Go buy gifts. Yeah. Go buy local. For others. Um, And just so you guys can add this to your list of websites to dive into, that's pyramidatlanticartcenter.org. Not too high, not too low. Curated by Amy Lokoff is up through April 13th. Yes. Yes. Um, And again, their panel discussion is this Saturday at 2 p.m. Amy, can you just give us a real quick rundown? How can we follow your work? How can we kind of continue to keep an eye on what you're doing? Um, yeah, uh, so for now, just like stay tuned, I think to my, probably to my Instagram and, and or Twitter, uh, at Amy underscore loco, L-O-K-O. Um, I'm just going to be posting, I have a bunch of things that are coming up, um, working on like music festival with my friend Cliff, Clifford Cartel, um, working on a, uh, yeah, okay. there's so many things. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, I have a show that's going to be opening in September at um, Otis Street Art Projects. Um, there's a lot. I, I don't even know where to begin with all this stuff. But that's yeah, but, but please like that's stay, a great starting stay tuned. And I'm also just hoping people reach out to me. Like my business cards say like, let's hang coffee or tea. <laughs> and that's because I've found that so much happens just from people just sending an email or reaching out um, and just like talking. Um, Because at the very least, you know, you can do this sort of sharing of websites and Instagram handles. um, And at the very most, maybe you can build a new project or a new idea from that. So and so in the interest of that, I think let's end with your email address. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, So my email is just my name, amy.lokoff 
at gmail.com and I open I'm, I'm like super open to all sorts of ideas and collaborations um, I'm trying to kind of dip my toe in a bunch of different areas um, to support artists all over DC it's amazing well thank you so much thanks for making time to be here today yeah on this Wednesday it was afternoon. a it was a blast it this was is, a blast this is like like I said all, all my favorite things to do and talk about Yay. so well I'm so glad you did um, and thank you all I'm so glad you joined us whether you were listening live um, or, or kind of catching up afterwards you can expect direct message every single week we'll be back next Wednesday at 1pm if you want to catch us in the moment um, and anytime at fullserviceradio.org we are on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at a creative VC and online at acreativedc.com. This project would not exist without perspective outside of our own, and we're so grateful to be able to take these weekly dives into the AcreativeDC hashtag feed. Big thanks to our new partners at Full Service Radio for allowing us to do that. You can follow along with them at fullserviceradio.org, Full Service Radio on Instagram, and Full Service RDO on Twitter. Until next week, I am Morgan West, and this has been Direct Message with AcreativeDC. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>